Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I had a little bit of fun with the YouTube graphic on today's show. Those of you listening on the recorded side, I implore you to go see what I did. It's a picture, and the the caption is, Do you know what your silly season heroes look like? I really do wonder if people know who the uh, the player is in the image on today's show. I'll use the same one on when we post it on the traditional channel. So on the Sports Ethos page, we'll have the same general image, although we'll have to add the caption ourselves. And I'm not going to tell you. I need you guys to go. I need you guys to all figure it out on your own. Anyway, happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. We're winding it out right now. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Four days left in the NBA season. And we got to stick with it. Tomorrow, we will not be doing our typical weekend review. We'll do a Thursday review on the Friday show and a last weekend look ahead. And that'll basically be it because you're not looking for, you know, ads that have rest of season appeal. You are stat hunting at this time of the year. That's the only thing that matters right now. By the way, you can find me over on Twitter at Dan Vespers. Not doing as much on social media right now. Um... And largely because every time I tweet, a bunch of people remember that the NBA season is ending and then they leave. And that makes me so very sad. Uh, But we'll put the most important stuff out there. Fear not. There will be just be, you know, less of the goofball banter that goes on. But we're coming down the chute here. Playoffs around the corner. Play in around the corner. And a lot of what we're doing is indeed built on this idea of who the hell is actually going to be playing here in their team's final two or three ball games? But let's go ahead and just dive on in. Wednesday was a medium-sized card. New York beat Indiana 138-129. An opportunity for the Knicks to collect another win without Julius Randle. But look, the East is set at this point. So I would... I'd be floored if you didn't see a bunch of rest coming up down the stretch for everybody near the top of the East. Knicks have a game in New Orleans... Tomorrow, Pelicans will probably get kind of a freebie there, and then they've got Indiana again to finish off the regular season. And what we need to be doing now is looking at what Knicks would get to play if they sat most of their starting five. So let's say Mitchell Robinson gets a day off, but Isaiah Hartenstein doesn't. Jericho Sims doesn't. These things all creep into the into view. We were told yesterday in the morning that R.J. Barrett would be back for this ballgame. He ended up sitting it out, so Obi Toppin got another uh, extremely high minutes game, a classic Tom Thibodeau, here's 43 minutes, do whatever you want with it kind of game, and he went huge. So I was led astray in the morning. By the middle of the day, we knew better that R.J. wasn't coming back, so you knew you'd get another Obi Toppin start. Uh, Quentin Grimes has been running crazy hot these days. Emmanuel quickly, I mean, this is, Knicks had three guys put up 32 points or more in this ballgame. And then Josh Hart got a start as well. Six points, 12 boards, seven assists, four steals, one block. A lot of things to enjoy in this. While Jalen Brunson also got the day off. And so, you know, you just had everybody getting a little bit extra in the mix. So we already see what the Knicks look like with no Barrett, no Brunson, and no Randall. If that's what continues, fire it up, man. You can start all five starters. 
I actually think there's a possibility they rest even more players down the stretch. So Robinson, Hart would be possible rest candidates. Not that Mitchell Robinson is old or anything, but his body does tend to break down a little bit more than the other dudes there. Hart is a little bit older. Quickly, Grimes, Toppin, these guys are still pretty damn young. Uh, but then who slides in, like we talked about? Is it Jericho Sims time? Is it Miles McBride time? I don't think it's Evan Fournier time. He's too old for them to care about dropping him in there. But the Knicks are a very intriguing who-else-gets-to-play kind of team. We can also play the do-you-know-what-this-player-looks-like game with those dudes. Or do they want to get R.J. Barrett back in there to get a little of his post-illness conditioning back up? Who knows? He might score 40 in one of these games down the stretch if they play him. Meanwhile, on the Pacers' side, Rick Carlisle... Still finding a way to yank us around a little bit. He started Jalen Smith in this one. I think he they just figured they wanted a little bit more uh, bulk on the interior. I don't know that it matters. Both Smith and Isaiah Jackson had okay fantasy value in this game. Smith a little bit better with two steals and three blocks. Uh, I would say start whoever starts among those two dudes right now on the stat hunting side. TJ McConnell had a huge ball game. He still only played 22 minutes. He's going to be an extremely popular ad, but I would actually kind of lean away from it. He got to play a little bit extra because the bench was playing better for the Pacers. The starters were getting manhandled. But they do seem to want to see here down the stretch what Andrew Nemhart and Benedict Matherin can do. Uh, I mentioned Aaron Neesmith as a sort of fringy play for that team. McConnell's the guy if you're hunting assists and steals and field goal percent. You can stat hunt there. Isaiah Jackson is, if you're hunting, field goal percent and blocks. Jalen Smith typically points and rebounds with some field goal percent. Nemhart, if you're stat hunting assists with maybe a little bit more scoring, typically. I know McConnell outscored him in this one. Matherin, points and rebounds. A lot of options to stat hunt on the Pacers, but, you know, just track them. And, again, really that center spot is the one that's kind of semi up in the air. Brooklyn beat Detroit, as they should. Nets uh, working on wrapping up that six seed. They have a game-and-a-half edge on the Heat, which I believe means that if they win any of their last two, or if the Heat lose any of their last three, then, then that locks up uh, all of the non-play-in teams in the Eastern Conference. So you can expect the, uh, the Nets will probably play hard for maybe one more game. I don't know. Heat played a night in Philly. When the hell does Brooklyn go? Tomorrow, home to Orlando. So they may actually have an opportunity to rest some guys if the Heat lose to the Sixers tonight. But then that begs the question of, are the Sixers going to bother? Because they're two and a half games back of the Celtics. They've got three games left. If they won all three and the Celtics lost their last two, I don't actually know who has the tiebreaker off the top of my head. But I do still think this is about to be rest time for Philadelphia. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. 
With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Um, they've, again, got Miami, then at Atlanta. It's a back-to-back. There's just no reason for them to play their regulars. D'Anthony Melton is questionable with a situation of his own. Situation. I think he's sick. I forget what the actual note is on him or some sort of soreness or whatever. Uh, but he's still the guy that you want to be looking at. Now, if they rest everybody, Shake Milton could actually get into the mix. But keep an eye on that. Philly was a team that we sort of thought about getting out in front of, and we can do more of that when we're doing our look-ahead portion. I'm, co- I'm coming back to Brooklyn because they've had basically the same four guys. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith was out, so that actually gave Royce O'Neal an opportunity to play full starters minutes, and he was playable now. Um, you know, Whatever we do next will be based on whether or not Dorian Finney-Smith is back for this team. But if they are going to rest some folks, Nick Claxton seems to be a candidate to get a little bit of rest. Spencer Dinwiddie, Mikael Bridges likes to play in every ball game, so they might just play him for like the first quarter to keep the streak alive. But that opens up a path for all kinds of stuff. You know, we haven't heard hide nor hair of Cam Thomas in forever, but maybe he would pop back into the mix. Joe Harris at six threes, would they just give him full starters minutes? Hard to say, because we need to know who was out and who was still in. Uh, but it does, to me, feel like the Nets are a team you could look at tomorrow and down the stretch uh, as kind of the the fill-in pickup club. Jalen Duran got to start again for Detroit 18-8 and with a steal on excellent field goal percent. It's happening, finally. Eugenio Marui got hurt, so now they're really out of power forwards, but it didn't really matter. I think he started at small forward in this game regardless. Detroit is mostly out of bodies. RJ Hampton had a big ball game, but his fantasy game is extraordinarily lacking. You are playing Jaden Ivey, if you don't mind the percentages, and you're playing Jalen Duran. That's it for me on the Detroit side. Those guys are crushing it, though in their own respective ways. Atlanta blew out Washington. Zombie Wizards in full effect. On the Atlanta side, I thought we'd get a little bit of a better game out of Sadiq Bay, but this was over early, and he just happened to be one of the guys who didn't get a bunch of stuff before the blowout kicked in. So no changes on the Atlanta side. Bay's a guy you can start if DeAndre Hunter continues to miss time. Washington is the more interesting team here because they really have gone into everybody's out mode. And it's actually kind of hurting Corey Kispert. I think not having the same room to operate when there are other, I say other, but like legitimately good players on the court with him. Um, I still think he's a three-point streamer. Johnny Davis is playable right now. He's getting full minutes and he's doing everything he can with them. Jordan Goodwin, you know I love him when he's in the starting five. Points, assists, steals, blocks for a guard. Sometimes he hits a three and rebounds a little bit. He is an across-the-board producer, and as long as Jordan Goodwin is in the starting five, he's a guy that definitely needs to be fired up on the fantasy side. And then Daniel Gafford getting a chance to flex a little bit here down the stretch. Only 23 minutes because they're just not going to tucker him out for any reason. But, I mean, look at that. 23 minutes when he actually gets to go do some stuff. That's fun for Gafford. So keep a lot of these Wizards on your radar 
Not Anthony Gill, not Kendrick Nunn, not Quentin Jackson, Jay Huff. I know I had three blocks in 30 minutes, but I, I don't think that I can trust that unless I saw it for like two straight weeks, and obviously there's not time for that to happen right now. So I'm looking at the other dudes on that Washington side. And I when I say looking at, I'm like very strongly looking at. They're off today, but they're on tomorrow. These guys, like a Jordan Goodwin or a Johnny Davis, they end up being better than guys you've relied on all season long. That's the weirdness of the final week. Don't be afraid to cut someone who's been pretty good for you all year if there's somebody out there who's just going to go hammer dunking for a couple of days. Not a whole lot to do with Chicago-Milwaukee. Chris Middleton left after a quarter with some lingering knee soreness. Uh, they'll be real careful with him, so I would just assume he's not playing here down the stretch. Drew, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, not a whole lot of reason for those guys to play down the stretch either. Bucks locked into the top seed in the Eastern Conference with two games to go. Uh, if Bobby Portis is playing, he's your preeminent guy there. Javon Carter... And Joe Ingles would be kind of the next tier down among the replacement guys. And I would say take a very long, hard look at those dudes. Javon Carter in particular. Like, if you um, if you want to get out in front of that one and just assume that Drew Holiday and Giannis are not going to play here down the stretch, he could have a really, really nice run. Uh, and then Ingles, I might be a little bit more cautious because it does... Feels like it kind of takes all of those guys being out for Smoke and Joe to get it going. But Javon Carter, you know, he could do it even if, like, one of the decent players, one of the stars was still in there. Um, but, I I mean, it feels like Milwaukee should take a break now, by all accounts. Chicago, uh, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're locked into the 10 seed. So, fun, fun, fun. They might now sit some players. This is, this is that time, man. Like You're going to want to be making a lot of moves for tomorrow. Let's assume, for argument's sake, that Chicago rests their big three. Maybe Patrick Beverly gets a day off as well. But, I mean, Patrick Williams would get a huge bump. Io DeSunmu, Kobe White is probably the easiest choice there because he steps into a lot of the usage when those big guns are down. Um, but that's a Chicago, like, we really haven't seen that team missing multiple studs at the same time. So this is a, a kind of a cool new universe, and we know who steps into the usage because we've seen it in little spurts before. So if you have day-before moves, you could pick up Kobe White and hope that, you know, I don't know, DeMar and Zach rest tomorrow for the Bulls. Kobe will get 18, 20 shots coming up in the next little bit. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, the life and times. Boston beat Toronto 97-93. Uh, Toronto, this is one they're going to kick themselves a little bit because Boston was down a few players. Raptors could still try to catch the Hawks. By the way, this stretched the, the Atlanta thing is really weird. I don't know if you guys saw the stat. The Hawks have been within one game of 500 for like two and a half months prior to this, basically. They finally pushed themselves out. For Toronto, no big surprises here. Gary Trent was back, but he came off the bench and didn't get to do much. For Boston, you'll probably see anybody that played in this game rest in the next one. It makes them kind of hard to handicap. They are a day-of roster move team because if Time Lord sits and Al Horford is back, great. If Jalen Brown sits but Jason Tatum's back, okay, fine. Could Malcolm Brogdon sit? Does Derek White play? I, I don't know. 
I think that there's easier places to guess on people sitting than Boston, which seems like the lazy path. But sometimes in fantasy, we just need to make our lives easier. And I think this is actually that. Memphis lost to New Orleans in overtime. They played most of their guys, uh, but no jaw. They'll be in Milwaukee coming up tomorrow. Grizzlies still have just a two-game lead on the Kings, so I don't think that one is totally done yet. Um, Again, I don't remember the tiebreaker. For Memphis, their schedule is not super easy. Milwaukee, depending on who they play, could be a hard game or it could be a weird one. And then the Thunder on the last day, they'll be fighting. So you might see some of the regulars on that Memphis side. I think they'll probably alternate who gets days off here. We knew Tyus Jones would go big with no John Morant. That was an easy one. Does Desmond Bain rest in the next one? Does JJJ rest? Uh, Santi Aldama actually got hurt in this game. Hurt his elbow. He would be the guy to fill in for JJJ. So question mark. Xavier Tillman, does he come back and play in the next one? Memphis, again, is kind of a tough one until we get more information on it, so I don't know that you can get out in front of the Grizzlies necessarily, but you can certainly react to what they've got going on there instead of kind of being uh, a day in advance. For New Orleans, Herb Jones went huge. Pushed himself back up out of the schedule streaming land for a day, didn't he? Uh, This is a pretty good win, actually, for the Pels. I know that Ja wasn't playing on the Memphis side, but... New Orleans needed this one because they had fallen a game behind the Lakers, and then they caught them here. Pels are 8-2 in their last 10. They're playing good basketball. Uh, but fantasy-wise, you know, I don't know that you can just point at this and say, hey, Herb Jones, it's time now. Or like Larry Nance getting 34 minutes with JV in serious foul trouble. I, I, there's a little bit of a mirage thing going on. I think Herb is still a guy you play if you're targeting defensive stats. And this is this is a career high for him, I think. Uh, you just you can't expect this type of thing to happen again. If you happen to roll the dice on him in this ball game, great. But you know, put it in your pocket and smile, but don't ask for more. Sacramento lost in Dallas uh, for the Mavericks. Christian Wood got to play twenty four and a half minutes. That was good. He's still really risky to play when both Kyrie and Luca are in there. Tim Hardaway, same story. Super risky when Kyrie and Luca are playing. For Sacramento, nothing changes. They've been the same story basically the entire damn season, and they've been pretty damn healthy this year too. Story of uh, how you end up playing even better than expected is health. Man, that means a lot over the course of a year. Just ask this next team we're going to talk about. Teams, actually, the Lakers and the Clippers. Lakers a bit more so, but uh, these two teams bludgeoned by injury. Lakers were on a back-to-back off the Utah overtime game, and they just didn't have anything in the tank. You guys might recall that on yesterday's podcast, I said, look, I don't know who's going to play for the Lakers in this game, and I didn't until they announced that the regulars were gone. But one thing that I doubt the Lakers will be able to do is play defense, and they didn't play defense because the first thing to go when you get completely exhausted is your ability to stay in front of somebody on the defensive side. These guys can still play offense. Driving to the rim, that's easy. Shooting, that's easy. Guarding is hard, and the Clippers put up a buck twenty-five. So no surprise there. This game went over the posted total. Norman Powell was great. I think he's playable here while Paul George is out. Um, Russ didn't get to play that much. Uh, I'm sure he enjoyed beating his old team where he was vilified in L.A. and blah blah blah. But he didn't have that big of a role. 
I do still think that down the stretch here, you can probably play Russ in most formats, maybe not 9-cat Roto. Uh, and then Kawhi, Norm, and Zubots, to me, are the ones that are the safer of the options. And for the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell was back, but he's talking about how that foot really does still hurt him. That's not a great sign, but fantasy-wise, you play him when he's playing. And then, uh, obviously, LeBron and AD, and then Austin Reeves continues to do enough to stick around. Reminder in the mid-show here that if you guys want to join us on our wager pass at Sports Ethos, this is the perfect time to do it because I will give you a personalized coupon if you ask me before you do anything. So hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bass or in the YouTube chat room, and just say, Dan, I'm interested in trying out the wager pass for a month, and I'll say, cool, let me take a whole bunch of money off the actual posted rate, and I feel so confident about it that you will love the wager pass, that these guys that teach you how to bet, in addition to actually, you know, giving you winners, because that's always fun, will make it fun for you, will make it a learning experience for you, and will win you money so you actually make more back than you spent on the wager pass, that you'll do it again at the normal rate all by yourself. That's how confident I am that we'll get you in for, like, basement rates here. So hit me up on this. We'll do something completely absurd. Maybe I'll throw it out on Twitter also. I want everybody to see the weirdness that I'm about to fire up because I'm so damn confident that you guys are going to make money that you'll just let it ride. That's why. But more than anything, they're going to teach you because there's a lot of there's a lot of dumb going on in the sports betting space right now. A lot of people, I'm going to I'm blaming you ESPN and other large websites where they've just told like ex-players and broadcasters that have never done anything on the betting side, you got to talk about sports betting now. And they say dumb stuff, and then people hear it, and then they learn dumb stuff. Please listen to experts that have been betting sports for decades because they love it and know how to do it, not because their parent company said, you need to figure this out now. Please we're going to get a crazy deal going today. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming up tonight, though. Uh, we move into a slightly quieter Thursday, which I guess is nice because things have been, you know, medium day. Five games, medium day. We haven't really had a medium day in a while. And you know what? I'm going to, for the folks watching live on YouTube, we're going to go to the, uh, the lineup page because this will help us remember all the people that are in and out. Cleveland is resting their entire starting five. I tweeted about this yesterday when the news broke. We don't even really know who the hell is going to play for them. Aul Neto, Ricky Rubio are the point guards for the Cavs. Chidi Osman probably sees some time. Lamar Stevens, Dean Wade, Robin Lopez. You've got some choices if you want to stream some Cavaliers tonight. Uh, among those names, the guys that pile up fantasy stats the quickest are Robin Lopez, believe it or not, because he'll just hook shot you to death and he'll get you, you know, 12 to 14 points and seven rebounds and a block on good percentages. Um, Osman, probably because he likely has to do a lot of the scoring in this one. And then if we can somehow feel, feel any confidence that Ricky Rubio gets 24 minutes, he would be the other choice to me over Neto. Magic are starting their regular guys, so no adjustments there for what's coming up tonight. Miami may or may not have Bam Adebayo uh, or Kyle Lowry. If Bam sits, we saw Cody Zeller actually play a crap ton of minutes last time. So keep that in the back of your mind. Philly, so far, Maxi, Tucker, and Melton are listed as questionable, but don't be surprised if the rest of them also 
become questionable over the course of today. Sixers have three games left. They're one of those teams that still has like a large number of games to play compared to the two that pretty much everybody else is doing. 50% bump, ladies and gentlemen, for a limited time only. Uh, if they play in this one, then none of these guys are playing tomorrow. It's Philly's in Atlanta on the travel back-to-back. I don't even know that they would go with the team just to let him rest a little bit more. So keep close tabs on the Sixers. There's about to be a bunch of stuff for you guys to grab out there. Portland, let's see. Does Yahoo have Skylar Mays actually available for pickup now? Because they didn't yesterday when we did our podcast, and that was pretty rough. Yay, he's in the system now. Guess what, everybody? You can pick up Skylar Mays, and the beauty is you probably didn't miss your chance to do so because he wasn't in their system yesterday. That's so funny, by the way. And he's played now, he's played in two and a half, uh, three ball games, and they didn't add him after the first couple. Obscene. Absurd. Obscene. Uh, if everybody continues to rest for Portland, um, Skylar Mays has a chance to put up some okay numbers here. He had 24 points and seven assists in their last one. Uh, th- for, uh, 14 points, 13 points, and 15 assists over the previous two games. Yeah, I mean, you can get some point guard stuff out of him. He's shooting the ball exceptionally well. It does feel like that's probably going to level off a tad, but anyway. Uh, if Shaden Sharp is a, is playing, you can use him. He's questionable. Trendon Watford, I don't think I would play because they haven't really given him full starters minutes yet. Drew Eubanks, silly season winner, two years running. He's probable, so get him in there. Jonathan Williams, Jr. Eh, he didn't do much in his last one outside of defensive stats. So I might shy away there at least for a little bit longer. Um, looking over at the San Antonio side, Sounds like Zach Collins is going to play in this one, so fire him up. Trey Jones has been playing in most of their games here lately, so he's a go. Keldon Johnson back up to questionable, so you might see him in the mix. I think Vassell's already been ruled out. You guys know how I feel about a lot of these Spurs. There's four Spurs that I would start in roto formats, and uh, if they play, they play. Okay, C's going to be going for it here, so play the same guys you always have. Utah's going to be going for the opposite direction. Um, so, Olenek, he's your easiest choice. Abaji, probably your second easiest choice. THT, if you don't mind the percentages hit, or if even if you do, maybe you're like, well, i got to take a swing at it. I don't know that I would. Um, Chris Dunn is faded here. He sort of ran out of that you know, 10-day contract gas that he had at the very beginning, so I don't think that I would go that route right now. Uh, and then Azubuki at center, no, not not going to travel down that path. Denver, the entire starting lineup is listed as questionable right now, so they are also a team you could be looking at for potential backups. It, it's everybody, you know. If the Nuggets rest everybody, you can look at uh, Peyton Watson. You can look at Christian Brown. You can look at Reggie Jackson. There will probably be some options here with the Nuggets because they're all locked up, uh, two and a half games up on the Grizz. And this is a perfect time for them to uh, get a little bit of a breather with games in Utah on Saturday and home against Sacramento on Sunday. And, you know, they'll probably want to win like one of these last three ball games. And this is certainly the perfect one to just take a break. Phoenix, nobody's questionable yet. They're locked into the four seed. Um, Suns might be trying to figure out who they want to play in the first round. They could they can steer things a little bit because they've got games with the Lakers and the Clippers after this one, technically, I guess that would give Phoenix one of the hardest schedules here down the stretch. But, you know, again, who's going to play for these teams is a big question mark. 
presumably Lakers and Clippers will be going for it in those games to try to avoid a play-in tournament spot. But again, we just don't know. So for Phoenix, they probably play their guys in this one most of the game, maybe not the whole way through because they just need time to gel. It's a chemistry game situation. Do they play them against the Lakers? Do they play them against the Clippers? Uh, Phoenix could sort of let the Clippers win on that last day, and that might give the Clips the five seed. Uh, Warriors and Clippers are tied right now. That's another spot where I I probably should know the uh, tiebreaker off the top of my head, but I don't between the Warriors and Clippers. Um, But we can try to look it up. Let's see. Clippers won on February 14th. Warriors won on March 2nd. And Clippers won on March 15th. So does that give them... Am I missing one here? They should play four times, right? Where's the first one? How far back do we got to go to find this joint? Where are you, Clippers? March 15th. I can't figure this out. Where are the last ones here? They only play three times? That can't be right. All right, well, I screwed that up. Uh, I don't know what the the tiebreaker is for that one. Um, It looks like it's the Clippers right now. But, you know, maybe the Suns let them into the five seed. Maybe the Clippers try to tank that last game. But can they if the Lakers are breathing down the Warriors' neck? Would they be able to sit one game back? Because the Clippers have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. And there's a lot of jockeying going on here. It all feels like maybe too much for the teams to worry about. But, again, 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 we don't know. Shenanigans are real. Is there a way, let's go back to the standings here for just a second uh, and find out, is there a way for the Clippers to slide into the sixth seed without getting passed? So let's say they go one and one. That'd be 43 and 39. And let's say the Warriors win their last two games. They'd be the five seed. But we've already heard Draymond talking about how he would rather be the sixth seed because the travel to Sacramento is easier. Fine. Okay, whatever. They also don't want to play the Suns. So they might try to lose one here down the stretch. But if the Lakers win both of their ball games and the Pelicans win both of their ball games, these teams could end up in the play-in by accident. Which makes me think that they're all of those clubs, Lakers, Pels, Warriors, and Clips, all try to win out. And then it maybe comes down to what the Suns decide they want to do. Oh, the weirdness is real. All right, that's it for today. Uh, YouTubers, stick around after the show. If you've got any questions, we'll do those in the chat room. To my recorded friends, check Twitter today. I'm going to be putting out an insane wager pass deal. that It's just like a, hey, let's get you on this thing so you can try it out for a month. And when you win a bunch of money, you'll come back and you'll do it yourself for, I don't know, hopefully eternity? If we offer it that long. I am Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation at Dan Vespers on Twitter, but you guys know that join already. Sportsethos.com is the website if you want to go check some of that stuff out and come hang with us in our Discord because we also have access to the Wager Pass guys over there. I can give you that link in the podcast description. Have a great day, everybody. Tomorrow, last in-season live show this year. Aww. Toodaloo.